Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots of interesting new information. You're not getting anywhere else. You'll enjoy it. Eric Garland is with us again. How are you, Eric? Doing great, Zev. Great You're to here. be back. Um, so we have a special report. We're going to talk about the elections. I mean, you may have heard of it it's just around the corner. There are many people out there still on television, and I watch these news anchors wringing their hands in distress every day about how they believe this red surge is coming and Kevin McCarthy's busy choosing his committee chairman, and you name it. It's quite impressive how they seem to know what's going to happen when really there are no indications yet that this is the case. Opinion polls are plenty out there that suggest that it's a very close race and maybe the Republicans will get a few more seats than they had before. But will they win the majority in the House? I don't know if there is any indication of that yet. And do we really know what these 13 million early voters that have shown up already, that already cast their votes, what impact that's going to have? We don't. We have no idea. Most of them are Democrats. We know that. So if they're mostly Democrats, that's an indicator that maybe some of those votes might be going. So the thing is, I don't know why I, I can hazard a guess. Why would national media want to portray the race as being tighter than it is? Maybe they want to just make it more exciting. Maybe they want to dampen the Democratic enthusiasm. Maybe they want to increase you know, the confidence amongst Republicans. Who knows? I don't, I don't watch TV for the most part for my news. Um, just, yeah, you know, just how it rolls. So are you saying that these political analysts aren't mentioning Hobbs and the evisceration of Roe v. Wade and the flood of new voters oh. who are largely female, who are probably quite motivated by this enormous threat that has been made specific here, candidate for U.S. Senate, Trudy Bush Valentine put out an ad from a woman in Joplin, Missouri, who had taken a pregnancy to 17 weeks and the fetus was not viable. And there was no one in Missouri who could legally do a DNC to end that pregnancy safely that was never going to be viable and was going to kill the mother. Um, and we had the local state senator that sent her to a fake abortion clinic that was really just there to delay her health care, that ad came out that, you know, we're talking about lives on the line and we're talking about the political violence move. It's probably the greatest form of political violence since January 6th. Absolutely. I think that's a very good way of putting it. What happened to the mother there? She survived. Yeah. She got to a place where she could receive the care that she needed to save her life. And then she did a television ad about it. Yeah. And you know, for us dudes, we sometimes disconnect from just how visceral and important that issue is to women. For those of us who are at all history buffs, and you don't have to be much of one, birthing children was the most fatal thing for all women throughout history for hundreds of thousands of years, until 100 years ago. And here we have a move backwards, a move to further threaten the lives of women and take them back to a more fatal time. I don't know what else gets you out to vote. 
I don't know either. And I don't answer your first question there. Why are they not mentioning that on the news more often? Because they talk about the economy and inflation all the time. And yeah, sure, it's a factor. But are you telling me that anybody would place inflation as a bigger factor than their women's rights to control over their own bodies? It seems ludicrous that anyone would... This isn't even a control. This is 50% of the electorate is going to face fatality. Right. If this insanity continues. A criminalization of their pregnancies. Now no longer just something that is beautiful and natural and happens in life. And you might have to do something around it if you don't want the baby or whatever, but it's now- I've been there, I've been there for a couple of these and yeah. I back off on the beautiful, dangerous, <laughs> necessary, <laughs> scary, and you know, hats it's off beautiful. to the ladies when they get through with that thing. I never say I had children. I yeah. might say I have children, <laughs> but I didn't have them. I was there and wow. It is beautiful, and, though. I was there once for a family member. I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was like, well, I mean, I, I didn't have to do anything, so I don't know. On, on the back end, I mean, the result is great, right? But, <laughs> it, you know, it's beautiful but lethal yeah. if it doesn't go right. And these people are monkeying around for reasons that are really have nothing to do with good policy or health or religion, for that matter. Anyways, the 50% of the electorate is way more sensitive to this than you and I. So it's strange that you have these TV anchors who aren't mentioning that as a massive shift. Just the interest in that topic apparently died. It was just there for a couple of months. And then women must have forgotten about the fact that they might lose their rights to. The liberal media, mm -hmm. the super liberal media. All of a sudden, stop talking about Roe v. Wade. Yep. It's Check a, that it's out, a, folks. It's a few months ago. That's passed. Now we're talking about the inflation in the economy, and that's really what's concerning people at the polls. And no one's really talking about the important stuff like the end of democracy and, and abortion and all these other factors that are big for people. And that's why we're seeing 13 million early voters already showing up and to casting their votes. That's a million more than 2018, which is the last big record. Um, it's a really fascinating point you make there because in reality, that's exactly what's going on. There's a suppression event happening amongst the media where they're suppressing democratic voters because by feeding disinformation to the public, by saying that there's some sort of red wave happening when there's no evidence of a red wave, maybe they're doing a little bit better than they were supposed to, but that was horrible. And this is just a little bit less than horrible. So that's what happens. But for anyone to come up with that assessment that the Republicans are suddenly going to sweep. I don't see it. And I think I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say we could be in landslide territory for Democrats in some places because people aren't stupid. People don't know what's going on. They understand that America is under attack, that our system of democracy is under attack, that our lives and our existences are under attack, that COVID happened. They know who the bad guys were. They know that Donald Trump is not a good guy. They know what happened on January 6th. They all saw that. They all saw the hearings. No one's forgotten that. Maybe the media's forgotten it, but the rest of humanity has not forgotten the fact that we had a bunch of criminals in the White House committing acts of treason repeatedly. And somehow the media is like, oh, well, we'll move past that and bring in another bunch of criminals and liars. You've got Herschel Walker now on his second abortion revelation in just as many weeks and just before the elections. And I know he's okay. He's okay that he drove someone to have an abortion. Meanwhile, they're passing legislation where abortion is completely illegal. The hypocrisy of this party, the criminality of this party, the shocking level of disinformation they put out there is apparent to everyone. This is a white nationalist, extreme right party that's aligned to our biggest adversaries in the world. 
and is basically out to hurt America and enrich themselves. That's really the only thing you could say about that party. So to, to address what you were saying about people talking about a red wave but not putting up any stats, it'd be hard to say here in M Missouri, for example, there have been no polls in Missouri to take the pulse of the Senate race, for example, since we came out with our story about the Agape boarding school and the slave trafficking. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? There's no public polls. No, they canceled that. the polling, did they? That's interesting. Maybe, why did they, they really, no polls? They're no busy, polls. they're washing their hair, but wouldn't you think Mr. Schmidt there would want to be doing wheelies and celebrating this huge red wave? Because we're in a state that in the last few election cycles has voted plus 10% Republican. So pretty big. It should be a red tsunami here. Yeah. But he's not given a public statement in about two months, and there's no polling. And he just uh, got endorsed by Mr. Trump, you told me. So that's right. He, we want to see that bump, dog. that Trump uh. bump must have happened. Because every time Trump shows up, up go the polls for these candidates, oh. apparently. Uh, also not true. These are just myth yeah, after myth JD, after JD myth. Vance is doing great, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you're right about the endorsements. They don't seem to carry much weight. Uh, you know, I think Liz Cheney is having a bigger impact on the voting patterns this year than Donald Trump. And that's where the, most of the interesting convincing is going on with soft Republicans moving to the Democrats. There's only so many people in this country who could delude themselves to the point where they would go to the, to the party that's corrupt and operating illegal schemes and treasonous. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out Americans' ability to be delusional. Um, we're very good at it and we've got some practice at it. So I wouldn't discount that. But I got to go back to 2008. It was Obama versus McCain. And I remember the tone in the news in the run-up was not super triumphant. America was quite fatigued on the whole of the Bush-Cheney administrations. There had been the war in Afghanistan, 9-11, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, the lack of discovery of weapons of mass destruction, the drag on of all that, and then the housing boom that made a lot of speculators a lot of money and made life more expensive for everyone, and then the crash in October that just eviscerated the economy and it was kind of chaos. And in September, McCain had introduced this quite charismatic in her way, exotic political character <laughs> by the name of Sarah Palin, uh, you, who you, had sir. become <laughs> governor of Alaska, not through an election, but because she was lieutenant governor and her predecessor was taken out for a corruption prosecution. And that's how she came to be in our lives. And uh, they picked her as the vice president and people were panicking. It was like, oh, you know, this could sway this, that, and the other. And there was not a lot of forewarning for what was going to happen on election day. I was in Washington, D.C., and I waited three hours in the rain to vote, and so did everybody else. And I've never seen people less perturbed by cold rain. Everyone's like, I ain't leaving. They're hitting the bricks. And... That election you know. is very close to my heart because I covered that election closely at CBS News and um, was on the ground a fair bit meeting the candidates. I was in Denver. They were just trying to beat the Obama convention bump by releasing the Sarah Palin news that McCain camp did. And I was also there for Nicole Wallace and Schmidt coming into our offices at CBS News. It was an interesting opportunity to be so close up in an election. And uh, if people were saying early on that there was some competitive race, they were lying because I know that our analysis internally at CBS News the day before was pretty clear. 
that Obama was going to win. In fact, I flew out to Virginia to meet Obama that just a few days when he was the, on his last round before becoming president. He was in a very good mood because, in fact, we all knew that he was about to become the president of the United States. Um, and a, a really great day, actually, because we got to spend a lot of time with him behind the scenes, warming up almost a whole day with him. He was uh, tremendously exuberant. He was such an inspiration. He burst out onto that stage and there was such a thunderous applause. And he really knew more than anybody else how to bring a crowd alive. And he is about to just start to do that now in this election campaign. So we haven't even seen the Obama factor in all of this. When Obama comes out and riles up a crowd, he riles up a crowd. And when there's a lot on the line, he will bring it. And so anyone who thinks that this is not a race the Democrats can win, you're just sorely mistaken. I think they can win by a landslide. The real campaign season in America is somewhere between six and nine weeks. The average viewer is not tuning into all these finely honed talking points until around the time the World Series comes up, September, October, to talk to the politicos. So we're just in this now. And for those who have been kind of talking, demoralize things or whatnot, I guess we'll all find out. I think we just need to have a discussion, not predicting these things, and increase our discussion with each other about these political matters that we find important. Get out and volunteer. Go be a poll worker. If you feel strongly about something, go put out some signs. Sign people up to vote. There's things we can do other than just gaze. Yeah, this is going to be a celebratory day, I guarantee you. And uh, we'll be back with more of our analysis. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea but just didn't know where to start? One of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. Hover.com makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. Hover makes it easy to get started, so what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code REACH, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover.com forward slash reach. We're back on Narrative. The vote of our lives, it really is our, the vote of our lives. I was going to just spend a couple of minutes now talking about the argument the Republicans have, because it's good to actually talk policy and not just polling. The Republicans are arguing that Joe Biden has basically created this incredible inflation wave and that all these increased prices that people might be experiencing at their homes are a result of his policies, which is complete bullshit. It just is not related to his doing anything like that at all. In fact, he's been doing the exact opposite. What is causing all these increases are factors that are sometimes impacted by forces outside of our country. And so when you look at things like the increase in gas prices, which the Biden administration has been able to actually bring down, the increase in those gas prices comes out of OPEC. OPEC happens to be run by Saudi Arabia and Russia, two of our not such good friends at the moment. And so you've got these guys cutting production in order to increase prices. Why are they doing that? They're doing it in order to help the GOP. They know the impact 
that this has on the elections. They know that their party has a possibility of getting into power. America is not every other country in the world. America is the country in the world that everyone wants to be involved in. And that's why you see Saudi Arabia and Russia impacting these oil prices and doing that on purpose. In fact, if you watched Putin speak, if you saw any reporting on his speech, it was all targeted at the United States. And so you've got a situation here where, yeah, the oil prices are going up, but to suggest that the GOP is going to bring them down is not going to happen. Well, they might bring them down because Saudi Arabia then decides what well, we've got our people in. But that's not the inherent reason why they cut the production. They cut the production to help the GOP. The same thing goes for wheat and supply chain issues, whether it's the war in Ukraine or the COVID supply chain issues. These all help GOP allies like Russia and China. They're able to tweak a little bit here, cut the supply for certain products there, and they're able to increase the pricing at just the right time to make it look like there's a mismanagement of the economy by the Biden administration. I want to add a little bit of analysis there. Why else would Saudi want to jack up prices? We're transitioning to the grid. We're transitioning away from fossil fuels. They got a, They also make a bunch of money when they cut supply and the price goes up, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of profit taking, especially if you think your product's not going to be worth that much soon, maybe you're going to do that. It's another factor that goes into oil when you get the geopolitical situation that we've had of recent. There is a war in Ukraine <laughs> with the invasion of Russia. Those guys are all running fleet vehicles, tanks, jets. These are all derivatives of petroleum products. You've got lubrication for things. And when you're talking about a mass logistical event, like moving millions of your citizens across Central Asia into Europe, like the way they've been doing and stuff gets blown up and you got to fix things. And all that. that takes an enormous amount of oil. I think it was General George S. Patton said, my men can eat their belts, but my tanks need oil. <laughs> if you cut supply and the demand goes up because there's all the, it's not just Russia that's using oil. We're also sending a bunch of stuff, flying C-130s over. Uh, we're flying sorties. We're doing joint missions. We're doing more. So the demand for gas is going up. I'd have to look at the specific in the locations where there are reserves. By the way, the correlation between recent world events and the supply of finished fuel product, that's very complicated. You've got to look at these giant reserve facilities where they're going to have crude oil or finished this or that, petroleum. And that'd be in Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mexico, Venezuela, all these places. You have to look at what the supply is there. But generally, yeah, I mean, these GOP is pretty much on the fossil fuel team here yeah. and having gas prices high probably supports a lot of their constituents. And then, of course, they harped on this and said, Biden is responsible for all of this. And only we could fix it because we're the GOP, because yes. we're supposedly good at this stuff. And last time they were in charge of the economy, they stole two, $3 trillion. You know whom I love is a representative from California, Katie Porter. I love her whiteboard. She's amazing. Katie Porter explaining why the cost and profits of groceries have gone up. Let's take a look. According to this chart, what is the biggest driver of inflation during the pandemic? The dark blue is the recent period. It would be corporate profits. And what is that percentage? It is 54%, and that number does stay that level of high if you update that number to more recent numbers as well. So over half of the increased prices people are paying 
are coming from increases in corporate profits. Yes, the unit price index is reflected in corporate profits as opposed to other costs. And how does that compare to historically to other periods of inflation or over other periods of economic time? As reflected there in other analysis, it is significantly higher in this recovery, 11.5%. And what is it today? Uh, 53%. So I want to make sure everyone in America understands this chart. <laughs> what is a unit labor cost? The cost, wages and an associated right. work cost. So we could just wages. What is a non-labor input cost? Uh, a variety of things, including um, maintenance and, in, and investments. Okay. So I, I have to buy the buy the stuff to make the widget. I have to have a factory. I have to keep the lights on. I have to hire someone to make the widget. That's this stuff. And this is what I add on, on top. Well, then, when you put it that way, it does look like the corporations are being greedy and are gouging the population. <laughs> it's not close. It's like labor costs went up. Maybe we raised some people's wages here. Yeah. We have some capital expenditure, and then there's a little bit of profit and this kind of thing. So what's the dark blue? The dark blue is getting screwed. Yeah. So yeah. Is, is, the those, is what you're money. paying the corporate bosses who are taking profits so they can take profits and guess who they tend to be they tend to be republican party people those are the people who like to take the profits because they're the ones who actually money to invest in the stockings market or whatever that's where the money is going 54 percent of that is going up there to the corporate well, paymasters well, well, easy on on just the gop yeah, yeah, here because we have a lot of foreign capital in this right, country right. you have the investment banks foreign capital goes into that it's oligarchy products. Yeah. And we've so mentioned this... before that even in your part, neck of the word, the, like the number one pork manufacturer in, in America is owned by the Chinese. Guess what? The Chinese also want the GOP to win. They also want Donald Trump back in power. So that's how they're lining up. The GOP are being used by all these foreign nations to yeah, whatever you want to call it. Importantly, these prices and to characterize this, because what else is going on in the background? We're prosecuting the crap out of a lot of people. We are ripping China out of the semiconductor industry. We are sanctioning the hell out of Russia. And we are putting a lot of criminals, even wealthy criminals, are getting prosecuted. So that is not in a whole bunch of people's interest. And that profit taking just cranking the prices up, that is to make it seem like this regime with Joe Biden, that must be the cause of all this. Yeah. Yeah, in nice. reality, it's a decision by these other guys because they face a lot of consequences if China and Russia and Saudi suffer, and if they also face consequences if they die in prison. So yeah, as pretty, anyone it, would consider that as a factor. Yeah, that, that is a factor. In fact, it was interesting in Putin's speech, he spoke about the two Wests. And on the one side, he talked about the conservative West, which is really the D GOP. And then he was talking against the Democrats. Like he has, he's picked a side. You know, that's the reality of the, how he thinks of the world. He's trying to divide us. Also passed incredibly not draconian. Just GOP, Italy just yeah. had a super right-wing government come in. He's been stacking up the right-wing all throughout Europe. He sure you know, has. This is why you have CPAC, you have the Conservative Party of America in, in Budapest, Hungary. What's that about? That's, that wasn't typical. Come on. It was like, we're the real Americans in red state. And now the red states, you know, that, that map goes all the way out um, to Hungary. Americans and Hungarians have been so close throughout history. They've been so tightly aligned that there's a, obviously a natural affinity there. Um, let's listen to one more from Katie Porter because she's so great. Most of the product in order to pad its bottom line. 
So this is showing that markups have gone up beginning about 40 years ago. But what is this Top Gun kind of trajectory that's basically vertical here? What is this? That is the level of markups in aggregate across the publicly traded companies uh, starting in 2020 and particularly in 2021, the highest increase, uh, highest one year increase on record. So this is after they pay their expenses, after Sorry. they deal with supply chain, after they pay their labor, this is what the corporation is adding to the cost of the cost of the product in order to pad its bottom line. That's also pretty clear the way she puts it. You're not happy with those inflated prices, members of our the audience here. And if you're planning to vote for the GOP, you're voting for the wrong party because that's the party of the corporate owners. That's the party that's well, making money. That one, corporate owners, I, I want to add on to that. It's not <laughs> yeah. just the corporate owners. It's over this period since she po pointed out that the markup goes up, mm. we had a reduction in competition year mm. over year over year. You had the antitrust section of DOJ sleeping for 20 years. And now under Biden, it's awake. They are stopping mergers and acquisitions that are anti-competitive. They're breaking up monopolies. The antitrust section is going after stuff criminally for people that are price fixing or wage fixing. I think I saw like there was a conspiracy to fix the wages of school nurses. Have you no shame? Uh, I mean, it's this is scarcely two years now of these guys and they are opposing these anti-competitive practices because what happens when you shrink down any industry to an oligopoly or a monopoly, you know, that the consumer has no power. And there is no in, there is no incentive to compete because normally if you had all these corporations were broken up, then you know if somebody jacks up prices like that because they're like you know what I want the other guys in power. Blah, blah, blah. There's another competitor who goes great. We're going to compete on price. Absolutely, yeah. You want to jack your prices up forty bucks without in increasing anything for the consumer? Awesome, classic Michael Porter competitive theory. I'm going to compete on price, product positioning, blah blah blah. But stuff and you need to, yeah. if you only have two companies making stuff or offering a service, especially if they tacitly price fix or in the case of pharmaceuticals, actively price fix, which is being prosecuted under the Biden administration, then there's no power for the consumer to yeah. choose something else. It's not capitalism. But this is really socialist forces that are trying <laughs> to keep with the GOP. They want to say oh. what they want profits for a few Politburo members, and then yeah. they want the rest of us to socialize their losses. So the socialists are trying right. to fight back against the capitalists. Suck it, guys. Well done, Eric. You threaded that needle pretty well. Um, you've actually said this, but if you could actually compare what's going on in the GOP and Democratic platform, you've got the GOP who are against lower gas prices. They're against price cuts for the drugs. They support causing inflation. They support Russia. They're in favor of eliminating Medicare. They've added trillions in debt the last time they were in power. And under them, the GDP crashed. The Democrats, on the other hand, have lowered gas prices, have brought down drug prices, have reduced inflation as much as possible, have opposed Russia and their intent on keeping Medicare and expanding it. Plus, they've had an enormous impact on debt reduction and on GDP growth, they just posted a positive quarter. You know, you can't even argue this economic thing. The Democrats are just better at this and they're doing better right now. And there's no reason to vote for GOP at all. Nothing, zero, nothing. Every minute of narratives reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. 
You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives.